I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. A few weeks ago, my daughter and I came across a t-shirt stand. And many of the t-shirts had very clever sayings on them. And we were looking through the t-shirts and laughing at some of the t-shirt sayings. And then we saw one that I said, that is so me, nailed it. The t-shirt said this, wait, let me overthink this. (laughs) Now, my daughter and I both had a good laugh over this t-shirt. And quite frankly, I overthought it. I should have bought that t-shirt when we saw it at that t-shirt stand, but I was over, I was too busy overthinking it. Like, is this the right color? And which size would I buy? And would I actually wear it? And I missed a great opportunity to just buy the dang t-shirt because it was so appropriate for who I am. Now it's got me thinking when it comes to decision-making, participation in meetings, and even one-on-one conversations, overthinking can be quite a liability. Now, on the other hand, underthinking, which is the opposite of overthinking, presents its own risks and drawbacks. So that is today's topic here on the podcast, overthinking or underthinking. Which one are you? Now, let's consider for a moment a meeting setting. Here's how the underthinker might behave. The underthinker might be impulsive, perhaps emotional, maybe It comes across as if they're picking fights and they don't frame things strategically, just shooting from the hip. On the other hand, the overthinker in that same meeting may say nothing at all, but have brilliant ideas or meaningful contributions that they never put on the table. Those ideas and contributions don't even come to light. Now, neither one of these is best. And I do think that we all err toward one or the other. We are either naturally overthinkers or naturally underthinkers. (laughs) Even though sometimes we might imagine ourselves to be perfectly balanced, thinking just the right amount about each decision or each action that we take or each thing that we say. But again, I am fully convinced that we all err towards one or the other. So let me just give you a few questions that might help diagnose whether you're an overthinker or an underthinker. Question number one, do you rehearse what you're going to say regularly before going to a meeting? Question number two, do you spend the rest of the day thinking about what you could have said differently when something went wrong? Question number three, Do you have long dialogues in your head with your friends, your family members, or your coworkers? Conversations that might never even happen in real life? Question number four. Do you have trouble falling asleep at night? 
because you keep replaying something that happened during the day? And question number five, do you spend more than five minutes choosing between virtually identical photos before posting one on social media? Well, my friends, if you said yes to three or more of those questions, you are probably an overthinker. Now I've got five more questions for you. Question number six, do you spend time each day looking for something that you use regularly but fail to keep your hands on, like your mobile phone, your keys, or your wallet? Question number seven, do you regularly feel blindsided or thrown under the bus by one of your colleagues or your boss? Question number eight, do you tend to blurt out your ideas and reactions in meetings? Question number nine, have people ever told you that they thought you were impulsive or rude because you didn't think about the impact of your words or your actions? And question number 10, do you regularly think about how things will impact you and rarely think about how things will impact others? Well, my friends, if you said yes to three or more of those last five questions, questions six through 10, you are most likely an underthinker. And if you had to stop and replay this podcast several times to listen to the questions again, you are definitely an overthinker. Well, why does it matter which one you are? Well, in either case, you've got an unconscious bias. If you're an overthinker, you've got a bias towards inaction. And if you're an underthinker, you've got a bias towards impulsivity. And both of these put decisions at risk, put meetings at risk, and put your relationships, whether they're with your colleagues, your family members, or your friends, at risk. There are consequences to both. The consequences of being an overthinker? Well, the biggest one is regret. Like that t-shirt I didn't buy. I'm still thinking about that t-shirt and it was weeks ago. (laughs) Underthinkers, on the other hand, often negatively impact others. That's the consequence, leaving a trail of hurt feelings and damaged relationships in their wake. Again, I deeply believe that we all err toward one or the other, and none of us by nature are just right in the amount of consideration and thinking that we give things. To get to just right, that state where we're thinking just the right amount about our decisions, about our contributions in meetings, about our turns in the conversation with others, well, we have to be intentional. Okay, so what does that intentionality look like? What do you do about being an overthinker or an underthinker? <laughs> well, if, you've known, if you know me and you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I've got strategies and steps for you to follow. Let's start with the overthinker three steps for you, my overthinker friends. Number one, put some time parameters on your decision-making. Time-bound your decisions. So yes, you're still going to do the research. You're still going to think it through. You might still make your pro and con list or your matrix where you order rank things, (laughs) but set a time limit to it. Figure out what is an appropriate amount of time to make the decision or to prep for the meeting, or prep for a conversation in advance. Put some time parameters on it. Put that time in your calendar and hold yourself to it. Don't let yourself overthink it. Again, we're going to use our calendar to put in existent reality 
the appropriate amount of time to be thinking, planning, and working ahead of schedule on things. Number two, when you're in the moment, whether in a meeting or a personal conversation, or when you're making a decision, have your own back. What I mean by that is for you to tap into your confidence, confidence that you have a good idea, confidence that you have an important contribution, confidence that you know the right thing to say, or confidence that you have your own best interests in mind when making a decision. And of course, the interests of others, because oftentimes that's what you're overthinking. Don't leave a conversation or a meeting without your ideas or reactions or best contributions being part of it. You want to really live in the moment and have confidence that you know what to say, you know what to do, and you know the best decision to make. Because again, you spent time in step number one, putting some time on your calendar and actually giving thought to the issue, the decision, or what you were going to say in advance. So have confidence that that time was well spent and you know exactly what to do in the moment. Step number three, if you're ruminating or perseverating about something that might happen or has already happened, catch yourself in it and stop and live in the moment. Live in right now. If you're also in this place where you ruminate or perseverate, you're also going to want to listen to episode 46 of this podcast, where I talk about how all you have is now, right now. And you can find a link to episode 46 in the show notes. So there you have it, my overthinkers. Time bound, your preparation and decision-making, step one. Step two, When you're in the moment, have the confidence that the work that you did was the appropriate work and that you can speak up, make a decision, and contribute effectively. And step number three, if you're ruminating or perseverating, stop it and live in the now. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, now let's turn our attention to the underthinkers. Underthinkers, just as with the overthinkers, I've got three steps for you. Number one, set aside time to prepare for those important conversations, meetings, and moments of decision-making. Think about what issues might be raised, who the other people in the room will be, and what their attitudes and dispositions might be about the topics that will be discussed or the decisions that will be made. Think about how to best frame your ideas or thoughts in relation to what you anticipate their position or their reaction to be. In this way, you're going to be more other-centered than you typically are. And that's going to help not only the flow of conversation in the meeting or the conversation that you're having or the decision that you're making, it's also going to help 
in the relationship that you have with the other person. Step number two, slow yourself down in the moment, in those meetings, conversations, and decision-making activities. A good practice for this is to make sure to take a deep breath before taking a turn. And in that deep breath, consider how your words or actions or decisions will impact others. Think of this deep breath as a slowing mechanism, just like someone who's trying to eat slower may work on chewing their food more thoroughly, taking more chews before swallowing, before taking the next bite. So you're going to do that with your turn-taking in meetings and conversations, but by taking a deep breath. And if it's a decision that you're making, especially one that could impact other people, schedule some time to think about the various factors before making that decision. You know, make a pro-con list, a mind map, whatever it might be that's going to help you make a more well-thought-out decision. Step number three, watch for the after effects of things that you've said or done. Be aware that your underthinking can come off as selfish or uncaring. You may have unintentionally damaged a relationship by blurting something out. When you're watching for those after effects, like how your words and actions have impacted others, and you sense that something's off, then it's time to have a humble conversation with the person that you may have offended and listen for how your words or actions or decisions may have impacted them negatively and then clean that up. So for you underthinkers, there are your three steps. Number one, set aside time to prepare for those important conversations, meetings, and decisions. Put it in your calendar. Number two, slow yourself down in meetings. Take into account other people's reactions and positions. And number three, watch for those after effects. And when you sense that you might've done something to offend, clean it up. All right, now let me tell you about another story that happened with my daughter. This is not the one about the t-shirt. This is a different story. Recently, she was part of a conflict where there was definitely some underthinking going on from all sides of the situation. Feelings were hurt every which way. You could chalk it up to the developing teenage brain, but I felt that there was a larger lesson in this both a lesson for how she carries herself in the world and not taking impulsive actions that might hurt others, and in being on the receiving end of someone else's impulsive actions and how that feels. Now, this was quite a big emotional reaction that she had, so I waited for all the big emotions to settle prior to doing some coaching. (laughs) Once those big emotions had settled, we had the following conversation. Now, first off, I just have to give you a little bit of context. I knew that she probably didn't want to have this conversation with me, at least not right off the bat. And she probably was not immediately going to be wildly accepting to my coaching. So I waited for a moment when we were in the car and we were together driving someplace. So we had about 10 minutes and I knew this didn't need to be a long conversation. I raised to her first a specific situation in which someone else had taken impulsive action towards her and it hurt her feelings. And so I just very briefly recounted that situation. I said, remember when, and I replayed the situation really quickly in a sentence or two. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, let's just take into account that the person who said that and did that doesn't always think through 
what the consequences of their behavior is going to be, what the consequences of their words is going to be on other people. They're kind of impulsive and just blurt things out. And my daughter laughed and she said, I know, right? And then the very next thing she said was very telling. She said, kind of like the opposite of you, mom, right? Because you're an overthinker. (laughs) We had a good laugh. Now, of course, remember, she and I had just seen that t-shirt not too long ago about overthinker and had that conversation. And I said, yes, exactly. Like the complete opposite of me who tends to be an overthinker about things. And then I took a quick moment to say, you know, neither being an overthinker nor being an underthinker is really ideal. As an overthinker, I should probably get out of my head more and be in action and not think things too much through before sharing my ideas or my contributions. And I said, and that's something that I'm constantly working on. And then I said, and as you saw from the person who did the underthinking and blurted something out that hurt your feelings and took some actions that also hurt your feelings, that's not ideal either. If that person had slowed down a little bit and thought about the consequences of their actions, we probably would have gotten a different outcome. They might not have said or done what they said and did. She thought about this for a moment. And then I tied it back to the specific situation that had caused so much consternation a few days prior. And I said, you know, when you said and did what you said and did, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you didn't think that went through all the way in terms of what your consequences were going to be on the other people who were part of that conversation. You probably hurt some feelings and left a little damage in the wake, probably some damage that you needed to clean up with your friends and schoolmates. And she was quiet, but I could see her nodding just a little bit. And she thought about it for a moment. And I said, you know, and on the other hand, you also don't want to overthink things and overly censor yourself. You do need to speak up and be in action about things that are important to you. Because the issue that she had raised with her colleagues at school was a very important issue to her. In that moment, I do believe that the coaching conversation really landed with her. She knew what it felt like to be on the receiving end of somebody's impulsive behavior where they hadn't considered her feelings when they took their thoughts and made their actions. And she had also been on the giving end (laughs) of some impulsive behavior where she hadn't thought through what the impact of her words and actions were going to be on others. So that lesson landed with her, and I hope it lands with you as well, my friends. Now, if you're an overthinker, don't think too much about this. Just grab those three steps. You can find them in the show notes at workingconversations.com slash 51 so that you don't have to listen to the episode again. And of course, I mean, you certainly can listen to the episode again, but I want you to just grab those steps and get in action. And if you're an underthinker, well, give yourself some time for this episode to think in. Maybe listen to it a second or a third time. And start putting some time on your calendar to consider how your words and actions are going to impact others. (laughs) And as for me... I'm going to keep following the steps from that first list, the steps for the overthinker. And I still wish I would have bought that (laughs) t-shirt. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. 
I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.